Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. And we are uh, together once again via Zoom. And uh, you know what? Uh, just earlier this week, uh, Spotify had sent out all of, you know, basically everything that you've listened to in the last little while. And they also did it for our podcast and uh, found out that uh, we have an increasing listenership in Australia. Wow. And <laughs> it's it, amazing. And it, and it was a, a big uptick, wasn't it? It's like something like 200% or? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I'm not too sure of the exact numbers, but so uh, we have the most listeners uh, that listen to us in the U.S. and followed by Canada, the U.K., and uh, Australia. Oh, I thought and, it was. I thought it was still well, Argentina. Argentina and then Australia. Yeah. So <laughs> our, our our Spanish speaking friends down in Argentina for some reason. Yeah. But that's yeah. cool. Maybe they they just love their paranormal down there. Thanks to all the uh, the new Aussies that are listening to the Phantom <laughs> Faction. And if uh, any of them want to be on, you know, we we haven't. I don't think we've had an Australian guest on. We've had lots of Americans and Canadians. Right. Maybe one from England. <laughs> we'd have to think about the time change, but we'd, yes. have, we'd have to figure that out for them. Yes, but, for yeah. sure, for sure. I'm sure we can figure it out. <laughs> for sure. And Rachel, you did a reading for uh, a listener from England. I did. You? I did. I did. Yeah. That. So the word's getting out there. And yeah, that was interesting. It was trying to figure out the time zone thing. It was, okay, if it's this time here, okay, we're good. <laughs> That's the <laughs> hardest part. <laughs> and she was happy? She was very happy, yes. Good. And you said she loves the podcast. <laughs> she loves the podcast. That's well, how she got my name. So thank well, you. <laughs> whoever this young lady is, thank you very much. Tell all your friends. Keep, keep <laughs> right. up the good word. And apparently, Danny, we've got one person in Iceland listening. Yes. On Spotify. So let's let's give a big shout out to that one man man or woman in, in Iceland. Thank you. Thank you for listening yeah. from Iceland. <laughs> thank you. Uh, we are brought to you by Rampage Coffee. Right. And um, there's still time to uh, order your sample packlets. So yes, don't uh, don't hesitate because I'm sure the mail carriers and all the uh, UPS guys and FedEx guys are going to be swamped in the next little while. Yeah, so absolutely. Get, get your order in. And we we still have some Phantom Faction stuff too, don't we? For sure. Yeah. Go to tw- twistedteesmerch.com/slash Phantom Faction and order a T-shirt. That's right. We have somebody <laughs> sitting in the uh, the corner here. We do. <laughs> the corner of our Zoom screen. That's right. She looks like she's ready to go. Too, she's so. rare, ready and raring to go. <laughs> we, we have a young lady by the name of Tina Hart, H-E-R-D-T. Hi, Tina. Hello. I'm How so used you? to sitting in the corner. <laughs> You're used to sitting in the corner? <laughs> well, no. That's, that's another podcast. Tina, you are a cartomancer. Yes. I have the professional title. Uh, two professional titles that nobody knows what they mean. Right. And can you tell us what they are and explain to us what they are? You know, when you when you start to take your profession or you start to become professional and hang your shield up and you're thinking, well, what do I call myself? So I read cards. I'm a cardomancer, but no one knows what that means. I'm also a diviner and nobody knows what that means. If you're a psychic medium, they understand what that means. So 
Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I read cards and I divine. Um, I use casting charms. Uh, and so that's what I do. What, what's the difference between a cardomancer and a tarot card reader? They're the same thing. Oh. Um, essentially, they, you read cards, right? So it's different, sort of different, different divinatory systems that you can read, right? So there are tarot cards, there are oracle cards, um, and there are uh, playing cards. So uh, it, it's the, I guess it's, it's just um, channeling spirit uh, through a tool, uh, and the tool would be uh, cards. Okay. Now, what what led you to doing this rather than just trying to be a you know quote unquote a regular medium like Rachel or you know using pendulums or tea leaves that sort of thing? So I also I do use pendulums as well, and oh. um, I love what Rachel does. I I love psychic mediums, and um, I mediumship comes into play, but in a slightly different way. And I think um, I had my grandmother, uh, my grandmother was a card reader. She read playing cards, uh, but she died when I was still young. Also, my aunt worked uh, in a tea room reading playing cards as well. Um, and I always had a, a fascination for them. Um, but I, I chose a little bit differently. I chose to, to read them therapeutically uh, as opposed to what they were doing, which was a little bit of fortune telling. So as far as mediumship goes, right, and, and there's a difference between divining and, and, and mediumship, as um, uh, you know, is, is really making a connection with sort of non-form consciousness, right? So I never had that beautiful uh, childhood onset thing where dead people were standing at the edge, edge of my bed, at least not that I knew about. So what made you get started into like your, your family obviously is a one thing, but obviously there's something more behind that that made you want to open up that chapter. I loved, I used to be babysat at my grandmother's house, Rachel, and it was um, not a normal household. It was an old rooming house and it had orbs in the basement, um, orbs in the basement and chairs that would rock by themselves. And I had two very eccentric uh, witchy cousins and, um, and I loved being there. You know, my grandmother would always have uh, the neighborhood women coming over uh, and boxes of Kleenex on her card table. Um, and so I was exposed to that. And, and I thought, you know, I always knew I was a little bit different, uh, but there's no place that I would rather be. That I think started things out for me. Uh, eventually it's just a path like anything else. Rachel, I'm, I'm sure with you, did you have early onset for you? Was that, yeah. did that start at a young age, right? Yes. The funny thing is I can't really remember uh, that far back. Uh, but certainly it's something that uh, has started developing a little, it started developing a little later in life. I'm going to get into a bit of a detail here on Cardamancy. You can use a regular deck of cards. Is, is that true? Uh, playing cards. Absolutely. I love playing cards. So um, as I guess as a diviner, I, I have a toolbox. So I use different decks for different kinds of readings, right? So if I want to, if I want to get into somebody's, um, you know, to do a therapeutic reading or something, you know, that, that deals with their psyche, I think tarot is a perfect psychological tool. 
-hmm. If I'm interested in, um, you know, opening up a, a dialogue with your unconscious, tarot's fantastic, casting charms are fantastic. But the thing is, playing cards are like a diagnostic tool. It's a divinatory system that can get into the nooks and crannies, and it can be forensic about certain details. So it's good to have a mixture of, of things, depending on what it is that you're reading for. I was reading a story on the internet. It's talking about using playing cards and that the representation is the four suits being the four seasons, uh, 52 cards being the 52 weeks of the year. So everything kind of relates that way. And, he, and I think that's that way in tarot as well. Yes, it, it, you can you can read tarot like that too. You can use playing cards for timing. Although, you know, the funny thing is it's, it's like there are two, two schools. Some people say that timing is very, very difficult. Um, Rachel, how do, you, how do you feel about timing? Sometimes timings, unless you get like a specific download, you know, right. and that's where the psychic gift comes through, you know, because, because that can be, that can be downloaded. But, you know, with playing cards, I think that it's not as accurate. Mm-hmm. So yeah. sometimes playing cards, if you're, if you're reading, sometimes it's in a narrative, you know? So how it sets up is that this is going to happen and then this is going to happen and then that's going to happen. So I, I'm not going to read a card saying, okay, that will most likely happen in, in the winter because it could be trying to tell me something else, but I, I, you can sort of see how it's moving along and then, okay, the, the probability of this happening at this stage after that's happened is high. Rachel has plenty of tarot cards, so drawers full of them. And yeah. I'm always fascinated <laughs> by them. But uh, is there a certain type of tarot card that you like to use? Or you mentioned that it depends on the situation? I, I went through the phase that a lot of tarot card readers do. They want every deck, you know, like they, they, you like collecting them. There's so many cool decks out there and that, you know, you, you start collecting them just to have them in your bookcase. Can I just interrupt for a second? Did yeah. you guys just see that orb go by my head? Did you see that, Rachel? I totally did. I, I was just <laughs> yeah. going to be like, um, Dan. Because, because I'm watching myself in the screen, obviously on Zoom and this thing went, it looked like a little UFO went. It was straight you know? across too. And, yeah. I, and I was like, what the heck? Sorry to, sorry to interrupt, but I, I had to, I had to address that. Move so slowly. It like was. A little, you know, it almost looked like a UFO. But <laughs> that was weird. Anywho. Sorry, Tina, you were talking about a deck to certainly like to use. So that becomes, uh, I guess it becomes a, uh, like a, a personal thing. You, you, it takes a while sometimes to, to find your go-to deck, right? So, but I, I think I've got a couple of different go-to decks um, because, you know, you'll, there'll, I don't know, uh, Rachel, if you find this too, but you'll go, a deck is perfect and then there'll be one or two cards, Ooh. you know? One or two cards that you wished were a little bit different. So then uh, you keep trying others. So I, I tend to use a Rider weight based uh, deck, you know, uh, but then if I, I do, I also do something called uh, Shadowmancy, but that's, um, I work, I work with uh, people who have got core wounding. And we, um, we take a look and I find that the, the Marseille deck is really great. But for the life of me, I don't like reading pips. I use the, ma the major arcana with those. So, you know, there are, I, I might have about three or four different decks depending on 
how I'm reading someone. And then sometimes it's just like, I, I just love going, okay, I, I'm using you today, you know, and I'm going to you today, right? Sometimes they, they, they stand up and they say, I think I can help, you know? And, and so I like to stay a little bit loose and flexible with them. That, uh, that shadow mancy sounds a little sinister. You got a dark side to you, Tina. Well, what? Well. <laughs> because the internet says, is a branch of magic that deals with spirits or spiritual forces. It is often considered a dark form of magic, but can be as benign as any other magical gift. So, okay, so here's the thing. Um, the, the shadowmancy, I, I've called it shadowmancy because I'm working with people's uh, shadow and trying to help them integrate some, some things that are unconscious drivers. The reason, it's really called psychomagic, but... Um, Alejandro Yodorovsky is the father of psychomagic, and I think he would be um, just vainglorious to try to step in and saying you're doing what he does. They've adapted it, right? Because a lot of a lot of psychomagic is it's a um, it's a divination, but it's also a magical act that helps you shift stuff that uh, is stuck in your unconscious. But a lot of the things that he would make people do because he you you. It, is a little bit Freudian and also I didn't agree with it. So I'm not, um, that's, I call it shadowmancy, but it's not what the definition. Right. Tina, lately, uh, and I've talked to a lot of psychic mediums about this, um, especially this year, they say that the veil has really lifted or has been thinned right out. Do you, do you find uh, things are easier for you or things are coming quicker, seeing seeing more things or? To be honest, I think there is something to that because this is the first year actually that I have started working and sitting in mediumship circles. I, I just love it. I'm, st I'm studying with Marianne Kennedy and you've had her on yeah, your show. Yeah, we, just, we just had I her not too long ago. I can't say enough uh, about her, right? But I... I do feel this is it, but it's been also um, such a strange year, you know, in, in order to, in, you know, in order to, to, um, I'm sure Rachel will agree to, in order to bring through spirit, you've got to be vibrating pretty at a pretty high energy. You know, yep. there's been so much to deal with that you're, you're walking around shell shocked and battered, you know? And, uh, and so it, it's been also a year where I feel that it's been good to stand off the pace because it's a year for everybody to pay attention to a lot of lessons, you know, um, in order for us to move forward, but that's also not the best state to help other people in. Right. So it, it's a little bit of a timeout, you know, and hopefully now it's, um, you know, it's had astrologers just like scratching their heads too. Right. So hopefully, you know, we're going to experience a little bit of a shift moving forward, but sometimes you just have no choice, but just to sit still and uh, reflect and go inwards. Right. You said something about uh, casting charms. Yes. You want to tell <laughs> us some more about that? <laughs> um, that's about them. Um, traditionally, uh, I, I know you've heard about people that cast bones, right? I mean, that's not exactly my heritage. Um, I, I borrow a little bit from it. I'm deeply respectful of it. But uh, I have uh, casting terms and curios and um, 
I've gone after vintage pieces from the 20s and things that you will find. And so it's like if you can think of them as like a box of symbols. Um, so you can set intentions for each piece. So when I have this button, this button means um, that it's either an attachment or it may be telling me uh, that you need to just button it, you know, <laughs> or, or I might have, uh, you know, a doll's arm. Um, and if it's, uh, if it's this way, uh, it means that you're taking and if it's the other way, it means that you're giving, right? So you can imagine a big box of these things. And so then you cast them, and then they fall into little groupings. And then you, you have to read them. And I, I love them. I love playing with them. I love collecting them. I love going through my kit. Sometimes you'll have pieces that will stand up. And some peeps, sometimes you'll have pieces that will stand down and stop speaking. So they want to be taken out, right? So it's, it's quite a little dynamic. That's just way too much to remember. <laughs> I could never do that. I'd be like, I'd have to have my booklet out and go, okay, if this little thing's pointing this way and... But uh, I guess that's the intuitive part too, right? You, you just connect with it and, right? Like Danny's grandma used to read tea leaves. and Tassiment is very similar, Dan, because you've got symbols. So if she sees a, a bird in the cup, right? Um, right. If she sees a, an airplane in the cup, it all, it all has sort of meanings. Um, and, and so uh, casting charms are very similar. I had a, a, a client that I did... <laughs> I did a, a casting for just yesterday and it just sometimes makes me laugh um, because there she's going through a mediation, a divorce mediation mm -hmm. and her, and her ex-husband is a horrible narcissist. And there was a skull with a crown um, and he, he was uh, he was not being, he's not giving her the support payments that he was supposed to. So the hand with the heart in it was reversed. So he's not being giving and there were uh, stag antlers on top of it. So he's engaging into major combat. And one of, the, one of the stag horns pierced the eye, right? And and so the reading was, this is going to go very well. <laughs> it's going to go very well for you. You know, mm -hmm. he's going to fall on his own petard, I think. was. But sometimes you've got to laugh. They'll, they'll, they just, it produces things and you just stand back and just like, thank you for being a conduit. <laughs> so would you say when you do card readings, well, there's certainly different formations that you can set up uh, card-wise. Some of the technology terms is what I'm trying to get at. Hey, can you explain a little bit about that? Sure. The tarot, um, the tarot is a sort of a, it's an esoteric system. Um, and it's based around a certain numerology of 22, 10, and 4. That's what makes a deck of cards a tarot, right? Mm. So there are 22 major arcana cards, and they're considered like the heavy hitters, mm. right? So when you get a major arcana card, it's like, uh, oh, all right, this one's bigger than me, right? The, the minor arcana um, there are four suits here again we get the four of 10 cards each right and then there are four court cards but the minor arcana are uh your everyday life you know uh it, it th those are things that are within your control those are um you know just the the ups and the downs and just the the logistical details correct so and the court cards are um facets and aspects of personality. They're people 
or their aspects personality. So in other words, I'm doing, let's say a relationship reading. Um, because I have a King of Cups, uh, at, which might be somebody who's more, let's say relational or somebody more artistic. It just means that you could be, uh, you could be somebody completely different, but for some reason that aspect of you is showing up within the context. It, it's just, there's so much that can be uh, read with them. Now an Oracle deck, an Oracle deck doesn't have any, any rules. An Oracle deck is, you know, um, and sometimes a lot of, I guess, readers don't really like Oracle decks that much because they seem like, like, you know, divination light, you know, they've got words like mm -hmm. abundance and, and yeah. uh, you know, they're, they're light, right? They're not meant to challenge your psyche. They're not meant to open up a dialogue. I mean, that's not true because they can, but they're, they're, they don't have that uh, fear factor. They're client friendly. Is, is it a guide for you as far as, as where to go? And then you pick up psychically of other things that you can expand upon. Is that the way it works? When they fall, it's not necessarily one card, but it's the way the combinations fall sometimes. Um, I, I spent a little bit of time in professional billiards and one of the legends that I studied with, he, all he would say to me was heart. He said, just hit balls. So I had a lot of other women that were on the tour that, you know, would, would get, uh, boyfriends that played because they teach them. Right. And he would just say heart hit balls because the, the knowledge that you're looking for happens between the lines. So sometimes when you're picking cards, they form in combinations and then they just, they yield a narrative, they yield a dialogue. And that's where I think the, the psychic part comes in, where the mediumship comes in. So it's kind of like a diving board. And then, and then you dive into, into a completely uh, different area. If I was going to book an appointment with you, would you be reading cards for me or what? Would you pick or do I have to pick of what kind of reading I would get? The first thing, I think the first thing it's important, the, the, the most important question that you can ever ask a, a sitter is, you know, what, what is it that you would like to get out of this, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody comes to you like for a general reading, you're going to get a general answer. So I will always do um, an energetic lay of the land first. I will always take a look at what's going on because you could be asking me one thing and something else wants to stand forward and something else wants to be discussed. It's just that you're not focusing on it. Um, and also it depends if it's, if it's uh, you know, there are, different, there are different tools that you can use uh, and you can go to to, to kind of work best with what you're asking. You know, mm -hmm. if it's a, if it's a, I mean, I, I like to use my tools therapeutically. I'm not a fortune teller. So right. somebody comes to me and says, okay, well, I want to know if my daughter is going to get married. You know, my answer to that is let your daughter come. You know, mm -hmm. it's not metaphysical spyware. Cards are not metaphysical spyware. This is her path. These are her issues, right? Um, maybe, maybe if you want to talk about your relationship with your daughter and why she hasn't told you that, that I can do, right? Or if somebody comes to you, and this is a, a classic Alejandro Yodorovsky thing, but somebody comes to you and says, well, I, uh, when will I meet my soulmate? 
And he used to turn to people and say, I don't know, but I can sure as hell tell you why you haven't. <laughs> so true. So true. You know, I see that, uh, you know, checking out your website there and something about the witching hour. Can, oh, you, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? Because you and I have a little bit of a connection there, which which I'll explain in a minute. <laughs> okay, so uh, I used to work for Much Music, and then I went to CBC. Um, and, and for anybody who doesn't know, especially our American or non-Canadian listeners, Much Music is like the Canadian version of MTV. There's Here's like just classic. Um, I wanted to be a pro billiards player. wasn't going to happen. Right. The whole thing about much music was great, but wasn't going to happen. These things were just not um, in alignment. But you know, right. not just alignment. <laughs> they, lead you, they lead you somewhere. Um, so the witching hour, when I was at CBC, I worked for the classical network and I love classical music. Um, but I had I pitched a show uh, that would have been it. Uh, it was a music special and Danny Elwell was on the show and uh, we had a lot of sort of special guests um, and uh, the classical, uh, the head of classical music couldn't stand it. She could not stand that the FM network was getting into contemporary music. Um, but it was, it was a, it was a, it was a, I thought it was fantastic. We did three specials before they changed the time slot Um we had Patricia Keneally Morrison on the show talking about the Saturn return. Um, I, do you remember the movie, The Doors? No. Mm -hmm. Belle Kilmer? She, she was, yeah, she was the jazz and pop um, journalist that married Jim Morrison. Mm -hmm. So where he would call himself the Lizard King, she called herself the Lizard Queen. I think she was still having troubles uh, <laughs> processing his, his death. Um, but, but yeah, it was three music specials, all original music. Um, Jane Sibri was on the show and uh, it's very, I would just say, if you want, go to tinahart.ca and listen to it. Um, there's so many, so many talents on that show, even removing myself out of the equation. All I did was help write it and put it together. And uh, the, well, the connection I had was with the hilarious house of Frightenstein. Yes. Yes, and that was a very popular show. Uh, I think all over North America and in England, uh, way back in the seventies, I believe. My favorite and, uh, as a kid. Yeah, and it used to creep the <laughs> hell out of me, like oh, you know, right? especially when they used to do the psychedelic dance with the Wolfman and Igor, oh, yeah. and and I used to get, I used to force myself to watch it because <laughs> it, it used to freak me out so much. But uh, I got to know uh, Mitch Markowitz um years later and he played uh, the super hippie right he's the guy that would have the, the superman outfit on he flying through the air but he had the huge <laughs> afro and he'd always look like he was stoned yeah. out of his mind like super hippie yeah so uh yeah he's the only surviving member of uh the hilarious house of frightenstein and so, there have there have been talks about bringing it back mm -hmm. so uh we'll we shall see but i don't think it'll be the same as it used to be the castle lights are growing dim. There's no yes. one. <laughs> yeah. Next, meet in Frightenstone. Don't come alone. That was actually my inspiration for putting together the Witching Hour. I just wanted the stakes a little higher. And then finally, I met Billy Van. Oh my God! I thought I would like collapse. Working and at he's, he's the gentleman that created it, right? Right. He was. He played right. Griselda. Yeah, he was he, all over that show. It was an amazing show. Yeah, and if anybody has no clue what we're talking about, go on YouTube and type in the hilarious, like Rachel's got her hand up. 
<laughs> hilarious house of Frankenstein. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard so many cool stories about working on the set. And when Vincent Price was on the show, and he used to do the intro, I, I believe. Yep. Right? Yeah. And it was filmed in Hamilton, Ontario. And no when he came into town to do uh, his, his little parts, he would always go to the beer store and buy tons of cases of beer for all the staff and the other uh actors and they said he was a fantastic guy like he looked and uh he was from he was from like the midwest like like idaho or iowa or somewhere and you never you know you never expected that of vincent price right mm-hmm. you, always, you always thought he was like a, an englishman or you know yeah from from i don't know but uh yeah, go on YouTube and try and find it. It's it's yeah. really good. I can remember as a kid watching the show, and then I wrote CHCH TV to uh, to <laughs> say hi to Billy Ben and all the characters, and they sent me back this postcard with all these pictures of Griselda and. Oh no way! Did you still have it? Account? No, I can't find it anywhere. Oh, but... that's too bad. That's I too know. bad. I loved it though. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Are you tired of stale grocery store coffee? Mm-hmm. Then you need to check out Rampage Coffee. It's roasted fresh to order and delivered to your doorstep anywhere in Canada and the United States. It's delicious, and they have a high-caffeine blend called C4 that will blast you out of your morning slippers. Oh, wow. Get free shipping in Canada on their sampler bundle to try all four of their fantastic blends using the code PHANTOM. Go to rampagecoffee.com today. You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. So, Tina, when you and I were talking uh, on the phone before... You told me some very cool ghost stories, and they are related to uh, a pioneer village at Milton, in Milton, Ontario, which is just out of outside of Toronto. And one of them, well, they are all pretty cool, but maybe you could uh, get into that a little bit because our listeners love the the scary, the spooky ghost stories, and these are these are pretty good ones. Uh, I guess a friend of ours was doing uh, a psychic medium. She was doing um, something there. And um, I have somebody that I used to work with in a metaphysical store and we're like best buddies and he's a psychic medium. So he's a psychic medium. He's very, very gifted. And so we decided we were going to go and support this event. Um, I've been there twice. We were there twice. But the first time was actually kind of comical because when we read the description of what we were (laughs) walking into, we thought this is going to be lame. This is going to be garbage. It's going to be like, you know, one of those uh, ghost walks where you've got the host that shows up and has their their best wahaha face on and they're wearing you know one of those <laughs> holding the lantern and I then, think we uh, I think we interviewed that guy didn't we Danny <laughs> yeah, we did yeah <laughs> <laughs> going through their stand up comedy routine through the entire night so we thought uh this is just and it's going to be done in an hour so we decided that we were going to go for dinner first. So we went somewhere local and uh, did something that we would never in a million years do if this was something serious. We drank, <laughs> right? We had dinner, we drank. So we were feeling pretty good when, um, well, I was anyway, because he had to drive. But we arrived, we arrived to the venue and we're sitting in there and uh, Doris stood up and said, um, <laughs> 
are there any gentlemen here, right? Any male figures here that have had anything to drink tonight? So I was laughing and I threw my hand up into the air. Um, and she said, that's not good. So, but before that even happened, I should go back for a second. Um, we walked, the minute we got out of the car and we walked up to the front of the Lucas, it's the Lucas family homestead, uh, halfway up already, there was just a major shift. Uh, we got to the top and Doris met us outside and took down our turtleneck sweater and showed us a scratch. And then we looked at each other and we went, oh my God, like, oh my God, what are we in for? So anyway, we went in before anything started. And like I said, she'd asked if any males had been drinking. And so I thought it was funny um, to, to say, yeah, he has. Um, but as it turns out, uh, one of the spirits that were in there was extremely, extremely uh, pious and had a real problem with drinking, with alcohol, with drinking. We, what we encountered that night was probably one of the darkest places that we'd ever been. Uh, the, the one room, so there were, I think, certain parts of that place. That, first of all, the whole thing had been... Um, it didn't originate in that plot of land. The whole uh, house had been moved onto the property, I think from Halton County. Um, the back room felt like disgusting. I remember sitting on a bench uh, and watching, watching the batteries literally drain from a piece of equipment. Like literally you could see the light drain, you know, out of the, out of the equipment. Um, Tyler, who is uh, my friend, um, he, I, a couple of times I'd walk over to him and his eyes uh, looked funny. You know, he, he just, he, he was not there. He was in and out. And I, I'd speak to him and I'd say, Tyler, are you okay? T, are you okay? And look at, he would say, uh-huh. And I knew something was up. Well, it didn't take long before he was like right down on the ground um, he got hopped, like hopped badly. And this had happened, they had another session in a barn and apparently someone was hopped in that barn like almost minutes before because when he went down on the ground, I had to go running outside um, and I, I called for Doris and she was already dealing with somebody else that had got jumped in the other side and was running back into that room. Um, it's probably the first place too that... Um, I had an experience when I, I was walking up to the upstairs um, where I don't know, it, it was I, I halfway up the stairs, I, I fell and collapsed to my knees and I had this horrific feeling of sadness, like tragedy. Like I, I, I remember having tears in my eyes. Um, Rachel, has that ever happened to you? Yes. <laughs> there, there's this, this vibration of grief and this vibration of, it was, it was horrific. Um, and I was, I just went, I went down. And then when I went into the one bedroom, automatically the first thing that hit me was the smell of putrefaction. Um, and so I, I think, um, I think we found out that somebody had, um, either it was TB or, you know, had passed in that room of, of a terrible, terrible disease. Right. But every, there was so much going on in that place. Like there were 
every single room that you went into felt different. The, the, the downstairs, the back corner was so dark and negative. And then, um, and then upstairs was this awful imprint of, of, of tragedy and heartache, you know? Um, and then at one point, uh, one of the people there started uh, singing, uh, started coming up with lyrics to a song. So I went to my phone and I, I, I looked and it was an American battle hymn. Like she hadn't known this beforehand, American battle hymn. So we started singing it to see what would happen. And at this point, Tyler earlier on was upstairs. Tyler went uh, running down saying, what the are you doing? He says, it's just, it's making everything ramp up upstairs, <laughs> right? So it was just, it was, it was crazy. And I'm trying to think of other things that had happened that night. There was a story that a teacher had gone through that uh, place and uh, with, with students and they were off the property, but she came back by herself. Like she felt that she was called back um, and it actually uh, plummeted to her death. Uh, into into sort of uh, like a cellar. Now I've never been able to find any. Uh, I haven't been able to to verify this. So again, that just remains as hearsay. But it wouldn't surprise me. There was so much going on, and when we were, um, you know, we were uh, talking and asking questions. Um, you would get voices that would show up and they would, they would talk for a little bit and then they would disappear. And then you would ask, you know, is there a reason, you know, is there somebody else here? Is there somebody else here that's not allowing you to talk? And it would, they, you know, they would say yes. Mm. So there's just a lot happening there. It sounds like a lot of intelligence and residual at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's a mishmash. There, there, are imprints there, right? There are imprints there. And also, yes, intelligent haunting mm. and also something uh, awful, you know? There's also something very negative there too. But because it wasn't our investigation, um, you know, but but it was, it was an, like a, an abusement park. <laughs> I wonder if, uh, if the spirit that was so against the drinking had been abused by you know, an alcoholic type person, or they were an alcoholic and they couldn't, uh, you know, they didn't want anybody else to fall into that kind of trap or did you ever, did you ever uh, connect anymore with that spirit or find anything else? Oh. I think, I think it was, uh, I think it was more of up like a pious. It was a religious uh, reason. Mm. Mm. Right. Um, but yeah, the woman that the, the, uh, the female that was there was uh, very hard, you know, like extremely hard. Um, but like I said, you know what I mean? Going back into that environment uh, with a, you know, with a set of questions and, and sort of, um, you know, a more targeted approach as opposed to just being bandied all about by all of this experience, you know? Um, but I'm telling you, it's a, it's an amazing location. Apparently where you live and we won't, we obviously won't tell anybody, but you have, there's a lot of paranormal activity in, in your area as well, isn't there? There is. And, um, and you, you were telling me some other stories as well off, off, uh, on the, over the phone a while back. Uh, we, I live in a Lake district and, um, 
there's occasionally, um, it's very, you get a lot of transient spirits here, like that sort of pass through. Um, and so some, I'm in the basement right now. And um, we, I've actually had, um, you know, setting, set up a motion detector and have had some intelligent hauntings here too, um, where you've been able to ask questions and then the motion detector goes off, right? Um, or the K2 meter or motion detector, right? So stuff comes through. Um, and it's, it's anytime, uh, we also have a cistern um, in the basement, uh, which is interesting, but it's not all the time, you know, I, uh, my cabinet upstairs has blown open and I've had a deck of tarot cards. Oh my God, this was all horrible. Um, I had just cut the edges off of a deck and, uh, came home and the cabinet, uh, one half was open and the tarot, uh, cards fell on the floor, but a few of them caught into, into the wood you know, the, the wood of the cabinet. And they were some of the worst cards in the deck. You know, the, the, uh, it, it's like, it was swearing, you know what I mean? Uh, mm. cards on the floor cards stuck in the, so that got a, a cleansing pretty quickly, but that that's a classic example too, of something that didn't stick around. It just, sometimes they'll blow through. So you mm. go out and do investigations as well. I'm new to this field. Tyler and I have gone to a couple of houses. Um, um, I'm new to this field. And also I first approached it through curiosity, um, but I'm telling you that's not enough. You need to establish a role and understand why you're there. Um, so I got, uh, when we do work with clients and, and people that have called us and contacted us and said, okay, uh, something's ramped up in the house. Uh, as a cardomancer, I will do a pre-investigative reading. Um, and I also like to work with the person who is in the house to see if there's, you know, anything going on with him uh, that can be resolved to, to help them raise their energy too. So this, this isn't happening. Um, and Tyler and I will go through and take a look. And Tyler is the one that's actually much better at clearing things. It's, it's relatively new for me, but it's something I do have a passion for. And even more so when I understand how I can help. Because if I'm just walking into there uh, out of pure curiosity, I think there's, that's not right. And how well do you react to the, you know, the spirits and even the dark stuff? Are you pretty good with it? You're not the kind of person to run the other way screaming or? <laughs> That's a great question. So I went to Coburg jail. Have you guys been to Coburg jail? No, but uh, we're f I'm familiar with it. Right. So um, I, I've gone to a couple of places by myself without the posse, you know, I, I don't know why. Obviously, I just like to see, um, you know, I like to see what I can do or my skills are, what I'm experiencing. It's sort of like an experiment. And then when I get home, I think, why the hell did I do that? Um, because I'm up all night terrified, you know, right? In the, in the worst rooms, I'll stay in the worst rooms, like the Albion Hotel, I'll stay in the worst rooms. And then usually I'm on the phone, uh, you know, and I don't sleep. So I'm like a little scaredy witch, right? But if I've got, uh, if I've got people around me, now suddenly I'm six foot tall and, and uh, bulletproof, right? <laughs> so I guess it's finding a, a balance. I'm still working on it, you know? deepening uh deepening those relationships with guides and faith you need faith in this 
You really do. You need faith. You need to walk in and know, I think what your role is, that's important. So, I mean, that's, it's a learning curve for me, but, but do I love it? Absolutely. And, and uh, when Tyler's on the ground, <laughs> if he heard that, he would be so mad at me, but, but you know what I mean? I, I step forward. So, you know, it's just, if I'm by myself, I don't like it so much. <laughs> so what's next for you? Oh, there's lots that's next. I mean, the, the great thing about um, working, I guess, in the spiritual field is that you really know nothing every single day. It's, you know, you humble, humble yourself at that and genuflect at that altar. And uh, every single day, you, you just want to keep learning and keep experiencing. Mm-hmm. I think so, that's the key thing is keep learning, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. But there's nowhere else. You know, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. And I, I think especially when you hit that that uh, place where it's not that you believe any longer, it's that, you know, that's a it's a great place to be. And also it's a great place to be to say the more I learn, the, the more I know nothing. And, and just every day learning something is. You mentioned faith is probably a form of protection that you use. Uh, any other forms of protection? Oh, well, the, what was causing all the noise on the table? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I have armor and even if it's psychological, but there are certain things that I wear and uh, I I do, you know, that, that I have that I'll, I'll wear bracelets and, and also, uh, like I said, oils and I've got charcoal soap and... Um, and sometimes, you know, the best thing you can do for protection really is to set intentions to go in to protect yourself, I think, and also is to keep yourself healthy, to keep yourself stable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good luck with that is what I say. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the intention word because because we see that a lot on, on the podcast. And that's one of the things that I've learned is no matter what you use, whether it's a crucifix or a crystal or a pendulum or anything, you know, if you don't believe in it, right. it's not going to, it's not going to work for you because we, you know, we've, we've had instances where people have tried to clear their home using holy water only to come back and find the vial has been placed on the garbage can by the spirit. Yeah. You know, the spirit's like, that's what I think of your, your holy water. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess their intention just, just wasn't there. And it was like, well, I'll just try this because I saw it on TV or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's always one thing we, we try to reiterate and, and let people know is you have to, you have to have that good that mental strength and the confidence and the intention that whatever you're using will work. So. Uh, and I think too, that any spirit that's liable to put their holy water on a trash bin, that's going to be a whole lot darker and a whole lot more powerful. Well, it's, it's funny because we did connect with this, this spirit and he was just a regular dude. <laughs> regular dude. <laughs> yeah. And he wasn't leaving this house for anything, but uh, right. we, we finally got rid of him. And uh, I don't know where he is now, but as long as he's not in the house that we cleared, I don't care. All good. <laughs> yes. Rachel, are you getting anything off of this uh, lovely lady here? I, I've just been busy watching the uh, orb behind Dan. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and we can talk about that as well. And, sure. You know, Tina might have something, you know, some insight. But uh, mm-hmm. so, Rachel, go ahead. What happened the other day? Oh, T- well. Tina, Tina will get a kick out of this, too. Love <laughs> Um, so Dan's uncles have visited me before. Uh, and so, um, I'm familiar with them when they show up anyways, they came and, um, they showed another gentleman and this gentleman, he kind of 
well, he was well-dressed man in a suit and he floated towards me, which was, you know, different. So I'm like, okay, I've never had that happen before. Like a very smooth, slowly come up. Anyways, then I got, I have to start writing. And I just wrote a bunch of stuff down and I sent it to Dan. And I was like, here you go. Don't know what it is, but there you are. <laughs> and then I described, you know, who, who came and, and I, I said, I don't know who it is by any means, but your uncles allowed him to come through. So, mm. and it was pretty, it was pretty long winded uh, message as well. You know, it was, it was, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way, but uh, we're, we're, and who was it? Well, we're, Rachel thinks it's one of my spirit guides, and she thinks that this orb that went by very, very slowly is him. <laughs> and and uh, I don't know who it is. Uh, he's just a guy in a suit. <laughs> so a well-dressed man, which is which is nice, you know. And for my uncles to bring him forward, I I would assume that uh, that's a good thing, because they're usually dragging bad spirits out of the house for me and Rachel. Yes. Right. So, uh, yeah, but Rachel sent me a whole ton of stuff here and, you know, a lot of it's very cryptic, you know, it's, it's a bit of a riddle inside of a, an enigma inside of a conundrum, that kind of thing. So they're never, they're never straightforward. Right. Um, so you're going to have to figure something out, but I'm, I'm going to have to try to, uh, connect with someone or maybe Rachel, you keep working on it to see who this gentleman is and Absolutely. It's always interesting uh, having Rachel <laughs> around me. Even I got a text message the other day that she was visited by some, some of my guides, I would think. Oh, really? Yeah. So, it was, yeah. Let me tell you, I've, I've had some visitors lately. <laughs> Tina, if people want to get a hold of you. Are you doing readings online over Zoom and Skype? I am uh, tinahart.ca. Right. Um, and it's hardt.ca. Delta Tango, Double Trouble. Delta Tango, <laughs> Double Trouble. <laughs> I love it. And you have a Facebook page or Instagram or anything else like that? I wish I were that hip. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm taxing on that, that runway. But um, yeah, no, I, you know, no, I, I, I'm exactly. I, I mean, I keep hearing that I should be doing that, but I haven't been. It's funny so, how yeah. just, just having a website these days is old school, retro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So also my partner has been home uh, through COVID. I don't know if uh, you're experiencing that as well. So it, it just, it changes the whole energy of the house. And, um, and so I have not stood down from readings, but definitely it, it is a bit of a speed bump. So it just means that my schedule has been a little bit altered. Mm -hmm. Right. because right. I can still work through the night. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, for letting us uh, invade your space. Oh, <laughs> it's such an honor and a pleasure to have you here. And um, uh, thank you so much for for having me on the show. I was extremely nervous, but uh, you just make it you make it so much fun. Just like we're hanging out in the haunted tavern, and I, there's there's nothing that gives me more joy than that. <laughs> well, when, when the world gets back to normal, fingers crossed, we'll have to get you out here. We'll come out your way and we'll, we'll go look for some ghosts. How about that? That's a deal. All right. Thank you, Tina Hart. Thank you so much. And don't so forget, rampagecoffee.com, tinahart.ca, double trouble. Send her a message. <laughs> And if you're not already following us on Instagram or Facebook, please check us out, Phantom Faction Podcast. 
give us a like and a share and all that good stuff and go see closet medium rachel with a r-a-e-c-h-e-l give her some love too and <laughs> maybe a, a christmas reading see what santa's gonna bring you this year oh there we go <laughs> there we go you don't have anything to plug dan no i got no. nothing just us just us <laughs> just us yeah just us phantom faction on phantom facebook faction. that's it instagram right. facebook <laughs> okay see you phantom faction podcast a podcast to educate entertain assist and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal to reach out to phantom faction see our facebook page or email us directly at phantom faction at outlook.com 